This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Date Night China explores life and love for better relationships in China. Every week, we hear from different guests and dive into dating, relationships, mental health, and how both expats and Chinese people connect with each other here in China. Join the Date Night community through our podcast and events in Beijing and Shanghai, and catch up on all the latest stories on our official WeChat account. Find our account on WeChat by searching Date Night China. No spaces, no capital letters. You can also join our WeChat group by adding Rachel, me, on WeChat. You can search Rachel Weiss twenty two, R A C H E L W E I S S twenty two. And now for this week's episode. Hello, welcome to episode fourteen. How to skip small talk and have deeper conversations with Helena from Bear. There should be a comma there, shouldn't there? It's like not just conversations with Helena from Bear with everybody, right? It should have been with everybody. Yes, it means with everybody. But yeah, this but conversation from Bear is going to show us and talk to us how to do that. So at social events and network gatherings we attend here in China, it is easy to find yourself in an endless loop of small talk, never really peeling off the surface layer and talking about things that really matter to you. Oftentimes, small talk can be awkward, just plain boring. Or leave you feeling less than satisfied with your personal connections. Helena, founder of the organization Bear in Beijing, wanted to change all that. I think that's so true, though, because in Beijing you go through those conversations with expats, especially you're like, "Where are you from? How long have you been here?" You know the usual thing, and then、yeah. and then you're like, "Well, that was it." So I think this is a really cool episode. I'm really t- excited to talk to Helena. So Helena started her personal project Bear in December 2017 to create a safe place for people to dive deeper in their connections and conversations with each other through events, workshops, interviews, social gatherings, and so much more. So Helena, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. I'm super excited. I'm excited to introduce a little bit more Bear. I'm excited to be with you guys because we are also co-organizing. Stuff together, and I feel really, really honored. I want to also add, I feel honored because I remember when my friend Clem added me to your group, and I was like fascinated by the conversations that were taking place. I was like, oh, I want to be involved also with the NC, and I want to do stuff. And we didn't know each other at the time, and now we're doing the dinners together, and now I'm here, so I'm very, very happy. Thank you, guys. Thank yeah, you. We feel the same. We are very excited because it was the same when finding out about Bear. We were like, oh, what is this other organization? Organization, and I think the first event we found out about was Drink with Losers. Yeah, when I heard about that, I was like, that, "What a great idea!" It's just the title alone. You're like, "What does this mean?" So I, we're gonna get into all of that and what that means. But I guess to back up our audience, if you're not in Beijing、um, or not familiar with Bear, tell us、uh, first a little bit about yourself, and then tell us about how Bear Project got started. Um, about myself, I've been in Beijing since 2013 and China since 2011, and I have multiple hats. I'm working for a financial consulting firm. That's my full-time job. I'm also the president of French Tech, an organization to support、uh, French technology, and I've launched this project, Bear. Um, Bear at the time was a project that was part of the Global Shapers, and the Global Shapers is an organization of young professionals looking for positive impact, and they're related to the World Economic Forum. And then、uh, after two years, I left the Global Shapers, and Bear has become this project rather than even organization. It's something that I do purely for fun, 
And so that means that I'm completely free to do whatever I like, depending on my mood and things that really connect to me at a personal level. So Bear is very, very personal. And I did it for very, very personal reasons. So the reason why I was launching Bear was in 2016, I realized that even though I had a great job, a great boyfriend, had a great apartment, I had great friends, I felt completely disconnected and completely crashed. Um, like it, it was, it, it was, it was nasty, you know, hair pulling, hair banging against walls, um, not being able to leave the bed, crying in the middle of the day as I was writing reports. And I felt really, really lonely at this time because everything was so perfect on paper. You know, everybody thought that I was cool and everything looked fine, but I didn't feel fine. And the only solution was to leave, but it took me like eight months with coaching and going back to France. And it was, it was bad. And what was interesting is that when I came back to China after a break of two months, because I was in between jobs, well, I had left a job and I was coming back without a job. I found a job quickly on, but I didn't have the organized the, the, the side project that I was working on. I was feeling disconnected with my friends and my boyfriend had dumped me. So I was starting from scratch. And after a few months, I was wondering, hmm, okay, now I'm ready to start a new side project again. And what should it be about? And I met a few people and there were two conversations that really made a difference. There was this one guy <clears throat> that I had known uh, from before, very good looking, successful entrepreneur, um, looked extremely uh, confident. I kind of had a crush on him, um, kind of. And um, after we met and we had exchanged WeChat, out of the blue, he decided, he suggested that we meet up during working hours. I was working in co-working space at the time. And so he came and we had a chat for like an hour. And I remember very vividly during this whole hour, I was like, why, 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 why is he talking to me? Like, what does he want? Because he was telling me very, very personal things. He was telling me about his recently um, deceased mother and his mental health and how he was struggling. And I was like... You don't expect that from somebody you don't know right away, right? You're like, whoa. Exactly. Especially because I thought it was a work-related meeting. So I was like, mm, you know, I thought mm. he wanted to offer his translation services to our co-working space. <laughs> and the, the, the conversation ended with, um, do you have the contact of a therapist here in Beijing? So I was like, okay, well, okay, yes, I do. And I felt very uh, touched and honored that he would open up like this to me, but very surprised that there was such a huge gap between the image that he was projecting, right? This guy who seemed to me absolutely perfect and the fact that he was struggling. And the second conversation was very similar. Um, also successful entrepreneur, good looking, financially really successful. Uh, and he told me about his two burnouts, depression, and his history with mental health. But this guy, I was like, so I had a conversation with that other guy. You guys know each other, right? He's like, yeah, we're close friends. Like, Do you guys talk? Like, no, no, we don't. It's like, wait, so you guys are very similar in terms of the image that you project, similar in terms of stories. But why aren't you supporting each other? How come there's no conversations happening? And so I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to create a space where it's okay to talk to anyone 
really about how you feel and who you are. And you know that this is safe, that the other person is not going to judge you. And what happens when you don't talk about this image that you project, so not about work or et cetera, but you really talk about how you feel and you can connect to each other. And when you can connect to each other, then you don't feel lonely anymore. Had those two men talked, then they wouldn't have to, to, to suffer by themselves and they wouldn't have to talk to a complete stranger about things that are so intimate. So that is what Bear is about. It's about creating safe spaces for people to feel completely comfortable being themselves and realizing that in doing so, that they're not so lonely in dealing with the challenges that modern or like today's society is throwing at us. Do you feel like that deep sharing and that vulnerability and that connection is what's missing when people have these like normal interactions, they go to work, they go to these networking events, but they don't actually like hit that level of getting to the real shit, you know, when they are actually meeting people. And is that what you felt as well, that you were feeling that loneliness you were talking about? Exactly. That's exactly that. And social media really doesn't help. But we're, we're constantly uh, talking or like representing the image that we are comfortable with, right? I want to be that kind of person and I want you to see that person. And I'm playing a role, but it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? I'm not doing this to fool you. It's also because I am comfortable in that role. And you know, it, it, it's funny because right now, uh, you can't see, but I just had an eye infection, which meant that I couldn't wear makeup. I had this ugly thing in my eye and I was wearing glasses and I was not comfortable presenting myself to the world with my bare face because you want to look in a certain way. You're comfortable with that image that you see of yourself in the mirror and photos. And now you're like, okay, here it is. It's my bare self. Can you still think that I'm pretty and still want to talk to me? Yeah, it can be scary. It is really scary. Um, for the world, because we're afraid of judgment, but we also because we're judging ourselves. Like, we don't necessarily want to see that side of ourselves. And so with creating those workshops and, and, and interviews where in, we're interviewing people and, and telling them, like, please tell me who you are really, it helps people to realize, oh, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one dealing with my stuff. And if that person is open being completely themselves, then so am I. And so then you have this level of comfort and people feel close to one another and, and people feel good. It, it's good when you know that you are completely accepted for the person that you are. You don't have to pretend and you can leave the mask at the door. Mm. 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 I can see um, being exceptionally important in a city like Beijing where you've got a, a huge community of foreigners far from home and anything familiar. But what you're talking about is probably, um, you know, rife and, and um, uh, you know, just part of modern living in probably nearly every city. You know, if I went home networking, meeting people, family, friends, I would probably still have all those problems anyway. Yeah. And I remember moving to Beijing, I, you know, I was coming from Guangzhou in a smaller city, but I remember moving here and it was really easy to find like party friends. I found like a group that I would go out with a lot. And, That's Beijing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah, but like 
it was and it was fun because I was kind of just looking to you know get into the city um and meet new people and that was kind of just a way to do it and it was some parts of it were fun um but I think after several several months of that I hadn't found like my tribe or I hadn't found people that I was actually getting real with I would like leave these like fun party interactions um but I was like they don't know what my job is. <laughs> they don't know how many sisters I have. Like all these like little things that are actually like really important pieces of your life. And you're like, oh, I mean, we have a great time together, but we're not actually like diving into like the real shit. If I had a mental health problem or if I was feeling low or if I needed to talk to call somebody, it wouldn't be any of those people. Mm. Um, but I feel like I've had so many conversations with people in Beijing um, who are also have felt that way before or have are feeling this way now because they're not actually talking about a lot of those real things. Well, the last, I mean, the last two years, come on, you know, yeah. you've not been able to like see your family or friends and COVID and job insecurity, you know, I mean, job insecurity has happened all over the world, but uh, Beijing, you've got that added extra little spice of the visa problem. You know, if you leave and go home life, as you know, it here, it can create a lot of anxiety. I think a lot of people are feeling that now, especially when the world seems to be getting back to normal yet. Everything that we have here seems still a little like uncertain. And I think that's creating a lot of anxiety. So when you started, was it something that like you, you felt like, you know, a light was switched on. You felt like, Oh, this is what I need. When you first started doing it, did people get the idea straight away and they were so open to share or was it difficult for people to let down those barriers? There are, there are several things that I'd like to touch on um, before answering that question. You know, when you were talking about, oh, my sisters, etc. <clears throat> it's not, Bear is not only to talk about mental health and anxiety. It's also really about how can I be seen and perceived completely the way that I am with my sisters and with things that I'm passionate about, things that I really care about, right? I want to be seen and, and hold as my full self. And so sometimes people think that Bear is going to be very dark. We're going to talk about mental health and anxiety. But not only. It's also about what is something that has really given you joy? What is something that made you feel proud? What is something that is exciting uh, for you um, right now? Um, because sometimes we are a little bit shy to talk about the great things that are happening in our lives. And we want to share something that is really important uh, to us, but we don't really know how. And so I do see Bear also, for me, uh, as a way to, it's very tied to my identity. You know, you were talking about, oh, I, I want to make friends that are really finding my tribe. And I think Bear for me has become some sort of an excuse to be very intentional about the types of relationships that I wanted to build. Because when people are asking me, so Helen, what do you, you do in Beijing? I say, yeah, I'm a consultant, but these are the side projects that I do. And I just say it's about creating safe spaces for people to be completely themselves. If the person does not respond to it, then I'm okay. It's very unlikely that you're going to be part of my tribe. But if you are someone who is interested then it's very likely that we're going to have a lot in common. We're going to be able to connect. Mm -hmm. um, so now it's really become a complete part of myself where I'm like, if you are into those kind of things, then we can connect. And to answer now your question about how comfortable were people to talk, that is surprisingly or not surprisingly, I don't know. People are thirsty for this kind of connection. 
everybody wants to be seen as their full self. And so, yes, as soon as you ask questions, they're like, please, I'm curious about the person that you are. I'm curious about how you feel. People are dying to actually be seen completely. So they talk very comfortably. At the same time, so these would be for... Um, you know, participants, I would yeah, say. Yeah, people that are, they know what they're signing up, or they have an idea of what they're signing up to. Well, even even not. I, I mean, I would remember, for instance, I was doing, it was a very early, um, very early on session, Drink With Losers. So Drink With Losers are those after-work parties um, where people are given cars with questions and are encouraged to, instead of asking each other, where are you from and what do you do? They're asking very personal questions. And there are speakers who are setting the tone by comparing who they are known as and who they really are. Um, and there was this one person, I had never seen her before. It was the first time that she came here. And um, she told me about the fact that she was a virgin. I, I'm not even sure if I knew her name at that time. And she just told me how she was feeling and how tough it was and that it was... I was like, that means that right now, this networking, like, chill party where people are really here to have a drink, feels so safe that this person feels comfortable really opening up. So uh, even though this is not what she had signed for, right? She had signed for to have a drink, listen to some speakers and see where it goes. And yet she was comfortable opening up. So participants... Still, they, 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 they okay. I had some people who came and then they thought they would be comfortable with that kind of setting that realized, okay, I don't like it because why would I enter such personal conversations with someone that I don't know? I mean, and it's a valid point, you know, like people with trust and, and, you know, it's like, well, what do I owe you to just say, okay, this is what's going off in my head mm -hmm. and my heart. They want to go gradually. But what was surprising to me is that when I'm reaching out to speakers and I'm talking about people who are touching on topics of mental health that are, um, you know, gu guiding meditation and stuff. And I was like, well, do you want to? And it's like, nope, I am not comfortable talking about myself and how I feel. And that has been fascinating to observe that some people, they're like, okay, I'm, I'm not in that space. I'm an entrepreneur, but I, or I'm a VC and I can talk about um, being obese, going bankrupt because after my divorce and uh, my failed uh, um, companies. Uh, so that I thought was wonderful. So that was one of the speakers for Drink With Losers. And I have some people who are really already connected to mental health um, ecosystem. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I, no, I don't want to talk about my emotions. So it really depends. That mm. is really interesting because it probably surprised you a bit. You're thinking, oh, yeah, this is a great opportunity to touch on that. Yeah, but oh. it's 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 scary. It's And I think going back to the idea of judgment, we it's judgment from others, but it's also very much judgment that you have about yourself. And like, am I comfortable looking at this person that I am and, and facing it and accepting that right, th this is who I am. Mm. And, and like, not everybody is. And it completely makes sense. Mm. Wait, so just to circle back to what you said about meeting people and then, you know, you, you present your authentic self and if you feel like they're not going to be a part of your tribe or they're not going to go for it or they're going through the motions like, hi, Helena, how long you been here? What do you do? Where do you live in Beijing? Blah, blah, blah. Um, how do you know that they are just so um, entrenched and so um, like automatically trained to speak like that 
and, and not have a fulfilling, what if they don't know how to have a fulfilling conversation? You know, how do you then determine, oh, this person just doesn't know yet, where, or no, this person is not my type of person? Well, I ask them questions. <laughs> and if they don't respond, you know. The, they... So here, I personally believe it's very much about intentions and what you want. I'm someone who connects through words and through intimate stories. And I really, really struggle um, to connect to anyone when I don't have that. So it, it's really personal. It's for me. I, I'm not comfortable in small talk. And we guys have been in parties together. You might have noticed I tend to disappear very quickly because I'm freaking out. I actually don't know how to talk to people. I don't know what to, well, I don't know what to say. Um, I don't know what to joke about. I don't really drink, so there's not like this uh, social lubricant. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I, 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 don't, I don't know, and then I just want to leave. So I'm very intentional, and I know that um, several people describe me as intense, but that, that is what nourishes me. That's yeah. the kind of conversations that I want to have. So if I'm meeting someone, and of course they're going to go with the regular questions, and then I'm going to ask them, okay, what made you decide to come to my event? And because that's usually how I meet people. Or I'm like, who do you know here? And, um, and I would go naturally, like I'm not even thinking about it, I would go naturally into some more conversations where I feel that I'm, we're learning from each other. That's what I actually, at the end of the day, I'm really aspiring to. I want to learn from each other, from our personal experiences. Because maybe we're very different and we have very different journeys. But like, there's probably something where you're going to have an insight like, oh, I didn't think about it. Oh, I'm learning. Or I would share something similar. Like, oh, I didn't have that perspective. What, what is the what is the step? Is it like, just out of curiosity, is it like, hi, how are you doing? Who do you know here? Tell me the last time that you cried from terror. No, I would not. What is the step? No, no, no. There's, there's no step. But very simply is when someone shares something, I would probably say, oh, well, tell me more about that. Sure. Or, okay. And, and then they choose, to, you know, you can see depending on their comfort. And sometimes also you just pause. Because when you pause, you're actually giving space for people to dive in, should they want it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right now I'm doing a training and coaching and we we're really practicing silence. Life coaching? Yeah. Mm. And there's beautiful things that are happening when you don't interrupt and when you see if the person decides by themselves if they actually want to go there. Because... There's such, you can see it, when, when people are finally given the space to have a conversation where they can open up, I mean, it's so beautiful to watch. You're like, oh, this person trusts me, then I can trust them back. And that's what creates the connection, and that's really what Bear is about. Mm. Wow. What are some of the other events then that you've done? You've done Drink With Losers. Mm. Um, and at the end, I want to ask you more of those questions that mm. you would ask um, mm. and that you ask participants to ask each other mm. at the event. Um, because also that one, it was one that we wanted to go to one time, actually, one of your events. Mm. And it like booked up so fast yes. because I think people were like so hungry and so excited for that event. Mm. That was really cool. Um, but what else have you done? And you also do series of events. Yes. So what are some of those series that you've done? Yes. And what are those impacts and what have you seen from that? There's one that's called Empathy in a Box, and um, I was doing it uh, with a friend, and it's it's a game. And so we're sitting at a table, there's cards, 
and you have prompts. The prompts are just themes. So you pick the themes that you want to talk about. And then you're encouraged to talk about it for how long you want. You're not being interrupted. So usually people would talk about it for maybe five minutes and topics would be family, uh, uh, change, uh, friendship, love, whatever. And then after you're done, uh, people would push some feedback cards and feedback could be love, could be uh, perspective, uh, questions. And um, they offer to the person who has just spoken to provide this kind of feedback. And then the person who has just shared decide if they want to have those feedbacks or not. And it's really, for me, it's very powerful because I'm someone who's not comfortable with feedback at all. Um, if I'm telling you something, I don't want to know what you think about it, like your comments, unless you're asking me and I'm like, yeah, actually, I want your insights. Um, Are you afraid of just like if there might be feedback, like negative feedback or any kind of constructive feedback? I don't like being feedback? challenged in okay. general. <laughs> I, I don't like being, this is, I need to be in the right space to be, to be challenged. If you're like, oh, there's another perspective that is possible. And so empathy in the box gives you the possibility to choose if right now you're comfortable with receiving a different perspective, because maybe you're not. And what is beautiful and I've said that recently and the person was making fun of me my KPI my goal through all the events that I'm hosting is that I want to have someone crying because I see whether they like it or not (laughs) because when you have cry when you have strong emotions it means like something happened something switched in you and it means right now you're connecting to yourself and then you feel that this is safe enough to show emotions and that for me means like okay I don't need everybody to cry but it usually is the reflection that we've reached a certain level of intensity I'm like okay this is this is what I I wanted to do so empathy in the box is one thing people love it because they're like, oh, finally, I can talk about something that I really care about and people are listening to me and they feel really good. That's a, a series. Another series is what we've done together uh, with uh, DNC and Bear is the, 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 the male dinners. Um, the topic is how does it feel being a man in today's society? Tough question. Yeah. Tough question. And the, the way that it, it came about is because as a woman in here in Beijing, there's so many initiatives about female empowerment. Uh, whether you're looking for mentors, whether you're looking to um, have advice about uh, your f- personal finances, or you're looking at um, learning from the personal experiences of successful women. But there's not so much happening for men. And I had the feeling that it was actually creating antagonizing like people were antagonizing because men were like oh yeah we have enough of those me too things and about feminism and when are we going to be talking about the fact that men are struggling too which to me is a very valid question when are we going to be talking about the fact that men are struggling and i had watched this um a ted talk from justin baldoni that is called men enough um when are we going to be men enough like what does it mean like looking in a certain way and having certain type of muscles having a certain ability to financially provide uh and i thought it was beautiful and then he was doing these dinners of 
successful men, like successful in the sense they're recognized by society as successful. So maybe singers or actors or, you know, celebrities. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about body image and the fact that they were struggling with that. They were talking about the difficulty of um, uh, displaying emotions, of having genuine uh, friendship with men. They're like, this is what I want to talk about. And it's just something that I wanted to do for, I mean, since 2018. And I really wanted to do it in 2019. But it's hard as a woman to do it. I had a first uh, dinner and my best friend, uh, Thomas, was like, okay, you're not ready. Because as a woman, you're coming with the perspective of genders. So men in the comparison and women with women and how they're interacting, but you're not focusing solely on how men feel. So I, I realized I really needed to 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 work better and, and fine-tune it. And I knew I needed to find a guy who could come in with his perspective. And that was possible when I met uh, Hayden in the very end of February, a few months ago. Yeah. And if you guys Guests like, the... he was on the podcast. Yeah. Episode nine. But that's so cool. And so because we met and I, we had so much in common and we we're like, okay, can we do things together? And it's, it's sometimes hard to do things by yourself because I'm by myself with Bear. And so meeting uh, Hayden realized, okay, we want to do a panel because ultimately I'd like to uh, organize this, this panel of having guys sharing their experiences. And then I met you guys. And I was like, ah, I love your community. Can we do things together? Can we have those dinners together? Can we do the panel together? And now I, I feel that uh, we're getting into something that is nice and cool. Yeah, yeah two so far. But yeah, we've had two but, dinners. But, yeah. we, you know, we totally sympathize. And, you know, when we first started talking about this, like how difficult it is to get men out things or to get included in things even like you know the events that we've done and we've said this on the podcast before like stuff like the speed dating where or like just simple mixes and it's like come along and you can you know meet some people and talk even that can be sometimes difficult you know and, one of the, sorry. So, and as a guy i'm like i don't understand it i like i don't understand like because as a single guy i think i would have gone for i would have gone to those events so i don't I don't understand why they're not going and I don't know what it is. We've talked about our marketing being too quote unquote feminine sometimes. I think it's like women right, we are to... more it's like the phrasing sometimes. Mm -hmm. We've had to learn how to phrase things better. A falling think... love formal was like oh, yeah. oh that way was... too yeah, too <laughs> romantic sounding. But I think a lot of times the women are more inclined anyways to buy tickets for events quicker and to come to dating themed events. Mm. Uh, so we've it's been a lot of conversations, but we have had guys in our group say like what kind of guy stuff is there? Because we've been talking and sharing about women's events, women's organized things. Like I think the Beijing community, especially like we've got so many awesome women's groups, women run things. Um, and I think a lot of the guys were like, well. Yeah, but like some of those guys are, you know, <laughs> awkward. And, and, and you know, saying that on like International Women's Day, like, hey, what about men too? Uh, They're not the type of guys that are going to be going to them events anyway. So it's kind of like just antagonizing people. But let's touch a little bit on why is it so difficult for men? Because it is, I believe, harder for, for it, more difficult for guys to open up, but it's actually also women are struggling. Like how equipped are you to talk about how you feel? You know, like talking about emotions, talking, society says that when you talk about your emotions, you're considered weak. 
And the yeah. only emotions that are comfortable talking about is anger. It's basically anger as, you know, this soldier who's going at war, destroying his enemy. So he's, he's strong because he's a killer. But when you're talking about fear, when you see cries, when you see despair, when you see worry, th those are all associated to weak emotions mm -hmm. and weakness is associated to women, you know, like, oh, she's missing her uh, uh, soldier who went to war and she's here. Um, and so how do we equip men to talk about how they feel, knowing that it's going to be okay to, because the most difficult part to open up and have those authentic conversations is that you first need to be aware that this is how you feel. If you're not equipped to talk about your emotions, there's no way that you're going to talk about it. And so I, I understand that sometimes those men are resentful that there's so much happening, but how much are they provided with a space where it's like, it's okay if right now you're frustrated. If It's okay if right now you say, I don't feel listened. It's okay that um, you're saying, well, we're talking about harassment and the fact that uh, Me Too and uh, uh, women want to be feeling safe at a bar, but we're not addressing the fact that a lot of guys are saying, well, I don't know how to navigate this world. And when they do, that is true. That is true. they're being stigmatized. They're like, mm. well, you've had it long enough. Now it's our turn. And like, how dare you saying that it's complicated to approach a woman at the bar? It's not so complicated. Yes, it is. Because whenever this change, it's not easy. And the fact that we are taking it for granted that it should be simple, it should be obvious. When you are navigating a new world, change means it's not obvious. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really wish for Bear to not only talk about um, uh, mental health and anxiety, but also what I was saying earlier, talking about what you're passionate about, but also talking about difficult conversations, things that maybe society considers taboo, um, things that maybe you're afraid that you're going to be judged because right now in this woke culture and feminist culture, we tend to still antagonize each other. Like we don't know how to listen. Mm. Like you're, you're sharing about how you feel. I'm like, but why are you feeling that way? You shouldn't feel that way. Because it, it's, it should be easy to approach a woman at the bar. And it, it is simple right now to have sex with, um, uh, with people. And if this person is drunk and like, how do you ask consent? And how do you ask, can I do this? Do I need to ask for permission? Oh, but that removes the, the, the fun of it. Oh, now I need to ask her if I want to kiss her. But like the girl is also saying that you shouldn't ask because it's not sexy. How do I do this? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. It is complex. Yeah. Yeah, I think it really is complex. And I appreciate I think it was so cool when you reached out about doing these events for men. And after I watched and started listening to man enough, which I highly recommend uh, that podcast that he does is so, so good. But also hearing like guys at the tables here in Beijing talking about yeah. their things and what's yeah. personal to them. Um, and you're a really fantastic moderator as well. I think you're giving that space for them to talk. I mean, I'm giving them the space from being very strict. What you were saying earlier, right? Yeah. <laughs> no opinion, only experience. Because It's hard to differentiate because your opinions are shaped on your experiences. Yes. So sometimes you don't, you know, you don't preface your opinion with, I think this because when I was 25, this happened, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm, know? Mm -hmm. uh, so that, yeah, that's been difficult. 
And I remember once I was I was meeting this guy, right? Date nine in China. So I'm going to be talking about that date. Um, so I, I we had matched on on dating app years ago, and when I went back to dating app, he 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 came to me and and I thought that maybe he could be an interesting speaker because we were sharing so opposite, polar opposite uh, opinions and ideas. And so I was like, okay, I know that we have opposite opinions. I want to know what his personal experience was. And so we sat down and first he was, oh gosh, mansplaining me about the history of Eastern Europe countries. And I was like, you're really assuming that I know nothing about history, but okay, sure, fine. I know the kind of person that you are, but still it's quite interesting. And then I was really going deep into, well, we have, you know, would you be okay talking about your perspective on men and how does it feel? And he had such strong opinions. For instance, I was uh, telling the story of Thomas, so this really, really good friend of mine, who had mentioned that he thought it was complicated dating here in, in, in China, because even though he was describing himself as a feminist, he could see that the, the girls he was going on dates were still having the expectation that he would pay for the date, right? So talking about this, the fact, this this contradiction. you This have, has been a conversation in Date Night China groups so many times, actually. Yes. Like, mm. Each group has probably come around to this conversation of, well, who pays? Like, should a man pay? What do you expect? What's etiquette now? Like, what, who does Because what? the paradigm has changed. It's like, how do I navigate that? And you're saying that you're feminist, but you still expect me to provide. So is that feminist? And so Thomas was like, well, it, it's, it's not easy. And now I feel pressured uh, to financially provide. And so I was sharing this story uh, to, to this guy on a date. And this guy just said, well, uh, your friend is an idiot. I was like, but, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I am not asking for your opinion, actually. I was just asking for your personal experience. Do you feel that you, there's a pressure for you to provide? And it took us maybe half an hour during which he went to the bathroom for a break and I was texting him. I was like, oh my God, this is going so bad and I'm hating this. <laughs> I was like, why is it so hard for this person to talk to me about their experience and not their opinion about my friend? And I even had to say, my friend is not here and I don't feel comfortable with you using adjectives to describe him when I'm actually asking about you. But back to what you were saying, right? He It was complicated for him to talk about his first-hand experience. And at the end of the day, his conclusion was like, yeah, I don't, I never struggled as a man. I never had any challenge. I can, I cannot talk about any experience, but this is what I think. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we, we're done and I'm going to go <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> did, did you yeah, see him again after that? No, no, no. no. Well, my intention was very clear. Uh, I was interested in knowing if you could be a speaker and the condition to be a speaker for the panel is, can you talk about your experiences and not just your opinions? So yeah, like there was nothing that we could share in common. Mm. He was not a suitable speaker. We were done. So d did you feel what, you know, reflected on that? Do you feel like, like you said earlier about men, they might not, not necessarily be equipped with the language skills and the articulation and the, the sort of like the, the model of of thinking to actually then say, actually, how do I feel based on my experiences and, and why do I think and feel this? Cause I think some guys just don't, they're just, it's not common. It just, it's not, it, just, it certainly doesn't come naturally. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, you know, when we were having this um the first dinner, and I'm not gonna mention names here, but there was this one person I really thought he would be a perfect speaker. Thank you. That's very nice <laughs> of you to say. That's very nice of you to say. Wow, that's really kind. <laughs> and we, we sat down and we, we had texted and we had this long conversations about him. And what he was saying is like, well, it's I, I've never thought about this. I I never asked myself those questions. And I think it's not so common to deeply self-reflect about how am I feeling right now um, in today's society as a person, as a man, as a father, as a partner. We like society does not really encourage us for self-reflection. So, so social media is telling us to just like throw our shit out there and just like pour it. <laughs> Uh, but that is not really self-reflection. It's more like, I have a voice and I want to feel heard. Guys, listen to me. That's very different. Like, hmm, how am I feeling? Am I okay? What are the opportunities for me to change? Do I want to change? Is there growth here? Or And do I want to go towards growth? Um, it's, it's not It's not simple. It's not natural. To yeah, because it does move far. Actually, the thing that sort of helped us, and, and Rachel got me onto this from another friend, but we did the year compass. Mm -hmm. Who told us about that? Was that... Mio? Uh, it might have been. Well, it sounds like something she would actually do mm -hmm. as well. I think maybe... Lisa yeah. actually did, but I don't. I think Lisa, maybe New Mira. I don't know. There's, anyway, there's several people who actually recommended yeah, it to us. But, but we, we, we did yeah. that, and if you don't know what the year compass is, uh, you can find it online, um, and uh, it makes you reflect on the year and different aspects of year from life, love, career, satisfaction, uh, health, well-being, and and you think about the last twelve months, and then then you have to think about and project for the next twelve months. And it's and so detailed, and it takes so a detailed. long time. It's like, something, I think yeah, a couple of days. We can, like break it down because it's so much that you're having to think about and, and stuff that you didn't really ask and look at, look at mm. certain mm. aspects mm. of your life. And it was it was strange at the end, like when I've looked at it or when I I kept looking at different boxes and certain things kept coming up, different phrases or different aspects of my year, and I'm like, oh wow these three things are very important to me obviously because I've written it down so much mm. and my point is that level of reflection you know I did that once in 12 months and that just seems insane like why are you waiting 12 months mm -hmm. to think about it and I think I did it last week a little bit mm -hmm. you know and what was six months in mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so yeah we don't do it enough you're completely right and that's what's happening a little bit with Bear and the, the, the questions is that they're a little bit of prompts um, for you to reflect a little bit. And I think that's the reason why people feel so safe and feel that, and that's the reason why they keep coming back. It's like, oh, I haven't thought about it. Mm. Like, oh, I, so they're learning about each other, most likely because they're also learning about themselves, right? If you ask me a question that I hadn't thought about before, and so I'm thinking about it, like, oh, yeah, that's a good question. Like, okay, what, what is something that gave me joy this week? And how how connected am I feeling to my true self and, and, and my values? Oh, okay. And then I'm sharing this with you. And then it's also an invitation for you to share about how, how you feel. And earlier you were asking me the types of questions for Drink or Losers. Sometimes it's like um, serious questions, like how do you define friendship? Um, sometimes it's more like, uh, stupid, uh, uh, questions, uh, like, um, what would be a stupid question? Um, like, okay. Stupid questions for instance. Oh, those are more stuff that I use for my parties and birthdays, but like, um, do you pee in the shower? <laughs> 
and it'll be like, oh, that's that's funny, and it's superficial, and it doesn't go anywhere. But then usually, if I say, yeah, I pee in the shower, like, oh, this is so gross. And then you ask the question, well, why is it gross? And what is gross for you? <laughs> and then when you go into this, like, what is gross for you? You know, you were asking me, yeah. like, what are the steps? Yeah, yeah. Then you enter a completely new world, but it just has been prompted by this very stupid question. Mm-hmm. Mm. How about how do? Okay, so since starting Bear. How have these questions, these events affected you? Because like I know anytime we do events, you know, it's it's socially exciting and then a bit draining anyways. But sometimes our events aren't getting sometimes we have deep things. But other times if it's a mixer or speed dating, you know, we still walk away feeling like, okay, great. We've had some good times. But like when you're also doing intense or emotionally deep, like searching and and all of that, and you're feeling so excited, these people are like getting intense and breaking through. But how is it also affecting you? Like after you do these events, do you kind of need time away to recharge? Or does it also, yeah, cause this self-reflection for you? Um, Does it impact how like your relationships with other people? Like how does, how is doing bear affect you? Mm. But bear has changed my life. The reason why it changed my life is because now it's tied to my identity. So I'm using bear as an excuse to say, well, this is the kind of person that I am. Does it drain me? It doesn't because what recharges me is the connection when we are talking about who we really are. What drains me is small talk. Because when you're talking and we're small talking, then I'm like, I'm all I'm listening, but at the same time I'm thinking, what do I say next? Like how, like, how do I navigate this conversation? I don't know. Mm. Like, I, I, I generally don't. Like, right now, there's a fa- farewell parties. I miss all of them. And it's terrible because I want to say goodbye to people that I care about. But I'm, I'm so scared because I don't know how to talk to people. And that is very draining for me. But uh, a, a moment where there's deep connection... I feel really good. And sometimes I, I'm not participating. So usually drink with losers, I don't enter conversations because I'm circulating and making sure that everybody's okay, that nobody's alone and that people are actually talking deep and I have to think logistics. Um, so that is a little bit draining for me because I need to think about several things at once. So that would be the draining effect. Uh, and so how do I recharge? Um, I would go home. And then the next day is fine. Um, what would be more draining for me is, um, yeah, I have quite an intense social life. So I, right now, I'm forcing myself to rest. The eye infection really helped because the doctor was like, you need to sleep. Your immune system is too low. And I'm like, I've told people I'm only going to meet one person per day during weekdays and three people per day on weekends. And people are like, this is... That is that's that's wow. a lot. <laughs> and for me, I'm like... Wow. And I'm actually, I'm screwing it up already uh, this week. I'm meeting multiple people uh, per day during weekdays. Well, and- there's two of us, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm meeting someone and else. And later, after, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and Wow, yeah, that's a lot. I feel like... But maybe for you, is it like, it's okay because you're having really deep, great yes. conversations yes. with these people one-on-one rather yes. than, I'm going to a party yes. and... Not really talking to anybody. Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. Wow. Wow. I know yeah. it's, it's it's exhausting hearing about it. I'm tired, <laughs> I'm tired just hearing about it. Definitely. But for, yeah, but for me, I I really, 
I yeah, I really really enjoy those moments of connections because it's like oh we're we're close now. Like yeah. I feel closed, and then I I don't have to feel lonely. But yeah, when I'm reaching like basically when I'm running from one thing to another, then I'm like okay, I I, I need some time by myself. Yeah. But yeah, one person a day is a very good pace. You know, if you want some tips on small talk, you know the British are amazing at small talk they're so, yeah they're very just talk good. about the weather i know but that fascinates me i really don't know how to do it yeah just talk about anything about the weather comment on the color the temperature the humidity but I uh, check what out. it was yesterday what it would be tomorrow what you think it might be tomorrow what you thought was going to happen yesterday but didn't <laughs> you know it's the, the possibilities are and this endless to me dreams me like i'm already so scared i'm listening to like oh she's my already god. like falling asleep how like, do oh I, my god no but like how just do like, i do like, it all, all you do is just like look up and just go ah, looks like rain or or thought it was gonna rain <laughs> just anything anything with a you know rain sun it any time any time of year it's it's perfect yeah, well, I, I find that Nathan. very difficult. Yeah, yeah. I'm cringing. Right oh my now. god, like, is, this, oh is this a new business idea? Like we create a, like a DNC small talk app mm. where we just like you like every five, every like maybe two minutes you get a text message if you know that you're going to a party mm. and you're going to be doing small talk for like mm. twenty minutes. You can set a timer. You get a little buzz on your phone and you just read it and you say the Star Wars prequels were better than the originals. What do you think? Mm. And then let the people talk or yeah. like you know. Um, um, oh, I thought it was going to rain earlier, but it didn't. You know, but you know, just... to your point of dating, right? Date night China. Um, I find that uh, a lot of people, they all, when you're going on a date, you really want to go and connect. But sometimes you don't really know what to talk about. And I, you, 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 how do you, how do you feel connected to this person? How do you get to know this person? And so if you're talking about the weather for like an hour, then you leave the date. Maybe you have a good time because this person is good looking and up to your taste. But there's a risk that you leave the date and you actually don't know much about this person. Mm. And I find that, yes, it would be so helpful to have those prompts. Prompts about topics that you care about or mm. prompts about questions. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with this, 36 questions to fall in love. Yes. Oh, we've been meaning to, we're, we're, we're working yeah. on doing that. With our new, so with our new videos, we really want to set people up to do that because the questions are so good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What we'd like to do is just like invite people to come along and actually film it happening. Yeah, yeah there's like, like a whole series maybe. on YouTube it's and you so see good. people falling in love and yeah. like, oh, wonderful. Yeah, it looks so, so good. Yeah. And I think that's have we a, done it? We've not even done it. I think we've we? asked each other We're already some of in them. love, so we don't need <laughs> to. We've asked each other some of the questions though, or even mm. the Gottman cards. Like yes. I think I pulled out Gottman cards. Like, I don't think you even realized what I was doing, but I was like, look at this app that I've got questions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I, I love things like that though, because I, I do think it like, is if you're not really sure, but you're like, I'm looking to connect, where do I go? There's so many like great resources mm -hmm. for that kind of yeah. uh, deeper connection yeah. and those kind of questions. Yeah. Because sometimes what's also fascinating is the question of what is holding you back from asking questions? And there's some people, they don't know what to ask, but there's some people they want to ask, but they don't dare. They don't mm -hmm. dare because like, oh, it's going to be too intrusive. Uh, like, I, I don't feel comfortable asking that question because maybe it's going to be too much or like there's like this sort of shyness. And I find that fascinating because what happens? You ask the question, worst case scenario, they're like, they avoid, right? They, they don't answer. Or they say, I, I'd rather, it's a bit too personal. I'm not feeling comfortable. And that's it, right? Yeah. And it means that they're setting boundaries and that they're taking care of themselves. And they're like, well, right now, it doesn't feel safe enough yet 
for me to uh, open up uh, so much. But at least it shows this intention, this curiosity. I'm interested in you. I'm curious about who you are. And I think that in, in dates, some people say, well, you're very intense. Well, that I really would like to get to know you because I'm interested in you. And yes, we can talk about the weather, but how is talking about the weather going to make me want to go to bed with you? Mm. Yeah. So it works surprisingly well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It's, like, it's just in a, it's British. No. I can't not talk about the weather. No, I, I did have somebody tell me, they were like, a, the definition of a good date should be that you walked away and you learned something new about that person. And I think that's a great, like, even starting small, like, I'm just here to learn about this person and mm -hmm. I need to learn something new. Mm -hmm. Even going on a second date from the first date, like, mm -hmm. what new thing am I going to learn about this person? Mm -hmm. And it's not going to just be stale. Like, how can I be curious about them to mm -hmm. learn about them? Yeah. 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 So what advice uh, would you give to somebody that might be going on a date and wanting to eliminate small talk? I mean, you've, I think you've already given some great mm -hmm. advice already yeah. about the the questions that might lead into mm -hmm. like, even like the silly ones, like the, mm -hmm. do you pee in the shower and mm -hmm. then let's see where that goes. Mm -hmm. um, I think it just opens up, but is there anything that you, you feel like you've not covered in, in how to really get rid of small talk? I think what really, really is important is setting intention. Like if um, dating app or by meeting someone and you're like, well, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not someone who really likes small talk and I really like personal intimate conversations. Is that something that you're comfortable with? Already this, like it's basically asking consent. Like are we aligned? Are we on the same vibe just now? Because the person could be like, eh, I don't really like going too personal too soon, which is perfectly fine. And then if that's actually something that you don't like, then you know you probably don't want to go on a date with this person. Um, but if they say, yes, I like personal intimate conversations, then you're like, okay, um, then this is, uh, let's let's go. Let's ask each other questions. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us this week, Helena. It's been really cool to hear more about Bear and like also how it's personally affected you and, and shifted your view and what you do and how you interact with people here in Beijing. So thank you for thank joining you us this thank week. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, yeah and, and we'll let everybody know um, in the description how you can follow Bear or join their WeChat group because you have a WeChat group mm. um, and you'll be having some upcoming events in Beijing. Yes. Um, and you also have a WeChat account. Yes. If you're not in Beijing and you're just curious what's going on as well, you can check that out and we'll link that in the description. Yeah. Thanks a lot. And yeah. we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.